The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Hey, welcome to the show today, everyone. I am going to throw this out there as a way to kick off the show. We have had some technical difficulties with getting our guest, David Takaro, online. And so, uh, as a result, it's Off the Cuff Tuesdays with Fee. And, uh, and I am going to introduce you to my, a very special guest, someone that we were going to involve in the interview today anyway. But she's on the line now. And her name is Rebecca Herzog. She happens to be my cousin. And um, as a result of today's show, David Tucaro wrote a book called Bad to the Bone. And it is his memoir. Well, he didn't write it, but he had it written for him. It's his memoir about how he um, experienced leukemia and the effects and also prescription drug addiction and how he overcame that. So... Instead of having David on the line, I have uh, Becca on the line, and Becca is currently going through her second bout with leukemia, and so since today's show is all about leukemia, I wanted to bring Becca on board just to kind of share some of the really amazing things that she does to keep herself very positive and very focused to help and support uh, listeners out there that may be experiencing challenges. So welcome, Becca. Thank you. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. I got some good news that there's a chance I could be leaving the hospital tomorrow, so I'm pretty thrilled right now. Wow. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, my counts, I've already done my round of consolidation chemo, and I've been in the hospital for 28 days. And so now I've been waiting for my counts to recover, and they're starting to come up and show signs of recovery. So they're expecting me to be able to go home tomorrow or by the end of the week. And how do you feel about that, Becca? That's amazingly great news, and I know being hospitalized for as long as you've been, this being your second time around, um, how do you feel about that news? That's very positive news. Yes, I mean, I am just, thrilled. I can't wait just to go outside and take a breath of fresh air. It's what I'm mostly excited for. And just to be able to see my friends and kind of feel normal again and be outside and just walking around. And of course, I'll be wearing my mask and I only get off for 10 days and I'll be back in the hospital again. But I'm excited to be free for those 10 days. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, one of the things that has been truly remarkable for me to kind of witness as you chronicle your journey, Becca, is uh, your your journey is chronicled on Caring Bridge. Mm-hmm. Can you tell Can you tell people how to connect to that? Yeah, um, I have a Caring Bridge website. If you were just to get on caringbridge.org, you could type in my name, and it's Be with Becca. It's Be with Beck. Sorry, be with Beck, and it's all one word. And I mean, I could provide the whole website if you want me to, and spelling it out. Is it B just B or B E with Beck? It's B E then with W I T H and then Beck B E C, and it's all one word. Got it. No spaces. Dot org, and it's uh, it's Rebecca Herzog, and yeah, um, and the Caring Bridge is caringbridge.org. It's no spaces in that either. Great, 
Great. Well, one of the amazing things that I think as you chronicle this journey uh, with leukemia is your tremendously positive attitude and tremendous faith as you walk through this journey with with a great deal of support from family and friends. Um, Can you Mm -hmm. let the listeners know as you are this challenged with, with such a debilitating disease, how you maintain your focus? Well, I mean, like, the most important thing is just your appearances. And so I, every morning, no matter what, I wake up, get showered, and get dressed like I'm going to work or going to be out in the public for the day, even though I'm not. And so it's always... The way you dress is how you're going to make yourself feel. It's how I personally feel. And so by doing that, I just feel better about myself. With my makeup on, like, you wouldn't ever catch me in a hospital gown or, like, ever. I mean, I'm always walking around and wearing my mask and walking the unit. I try to walk at least a mile a day in the unit here. And, um, you know, it's really helpful is the support that motivates me more than anything is hearing what people post on my blog and people reaching out to me all over and letting me know that they're praying for me is the most amazing thing. And having them tell me that just motivates me even more to push even harder because I know God is healing me and having their support just makes me even that much better. And would you say, Becca, that this experience with leukemia and now you, you first got diagnosed with leukemia at what age? I was 20 years old when I was first diagnosed. Okay. And then, um, so you went through that first round of going through the treatment protocol and, uh, and the treatment mm-hmm. plans. And tell us a little bit about what you went through the, in that first round. Um, so I was a sophomore in college when I was diagnosed. And so I was taken out of school. And I did the exact same round of consolidation chemo with seven straight days, you're put in the hospital, and it's seven days of straight chemo, and then they keep you here until you're, you basically hit this nadir stage where they wipe your counts to completely nothing, which is your blood counts, and then um, then they start to come back up, and then I got to go home again for like two weeks then, and then I only did um, consolidation chemo, and so I was outpatient, but I was going back and forth to the cancer center, and Thank goodness I had my mother who could drive me back and forth because I wasn't allowed to drive a vehicle or anything with the type of chemo that I was doing. And I wasn't allowed to be in public and stuff. So I was basically living like I was at the hospital, but at home. And so I always had to wear a mask. And so that was a seven-month journey. And um, it was basically pretty isolated. I was, you know, nobody could really come around me and stuff. And then... After that, I was set free, and they told me, in five years, you'll be considered cancer-free, and I was four and a half years out, and I was just re-diagnosed again. I relapsed, so. Yeah. And what was getting the news about the relapse after four and a half years of being in remission? What was that like for you? What Tell us a little bit about... Um, your thoughts and when you when you got word about the second round what happened um you know like it's funny because we'd always say like oh my gosh I couldn't believe like if we had to go through that again it'd be the hardest thing ever and I don't know if we could ever do it again like my family would always joke around about it but the night we were all in the hospital room and the doctors came in with the news I mean I didn't even crack a tear or nothing I was just I was as fine as could be and I just told everyone like I knew I knew right then and there that God's gonna heal me I'm gonna be fine I wasn't even worried about the cancer I was more so worried like I just started a new job in the athletic department at the University of Arkansas like I just had my apartment and I was I was more concerned of that than even the cancer itself because I knew that the cancer is evil and it's it's like scary but I know with my mindset and with, like, the power of prayers and the good Lord that he was going to heal me. Yeah. And it's going to heal me. Yeah. And it's happening. And the counts are going up already. And what what I think is amazing, Becca, is in watching 
you and watching for what you ask for, um, mm-hmm. you get. You know, like, you know, you'll put out on your website on Caring Bridge, you'll put out there, hey, I'm asking for my mouth sores to be healed and my counts to go up and, you know, for to, to find a, a donor match, which there's not a donor match, but there's uh, you found a cord blood match, right, for mm-hmm. a bone, bone marrow yes. transplant. Yes. So all of those those things, and, and that's what I know as a coach, that all those things that you are asking for, those things are your belief and your conviction that it, that is so strong and so powerful that that belief and your faith and knowing that it is going to happen is what is the driving force behind all of this. And I mm-hmm. think it's just tremendously inspiring um, to the listeners to say, hey, everybody's got challenges out there. We all face some level and degree of challenge. In your case, it's a tremendously like a, a debilitating physical challenge. And even though you have this really uh, strong, debilitating physical challenge that you're faced with, your mind and your heart really seem to be fully aligned with knowing that you're going to beat this once again. Yes. And I just think that's 100% of beating this disease is believing in yourself and believing in your faith and everyone around you. Because if you sit there and poor pity me and everyone around you is down and sad every day and, you know, then I don't know how you're going to get through it because you can let this disease kill you by you know, being down and being sad. So that's why I just am so strong in believing in positive attitude and keeping your faith because, I mean, that's having the power of prayers is unbelievable. Yeah. And what we are doing and and as part of the movement here, what we do on the show, Becca, is each week we talk about the boomerang movement. And the boomerang movement is um, how we begin every single show and uh, it's w- what we do is encourage our listeners to throw out a boomerang of what they want in their lives. And as a coach, I know that what you put out in life is what you get back. So we always mm-hmm. want to throw out a boomerang of what we want in a very empowered way, have strong belief and strong faith that it really can happen. And so... Um, in rallying the listening audience, because we have listeners worldwide, I'm asking everyone today to know and understand that you are faced with this journey once again, that you are strong, that you are very positive, and I think you're a tremendous inspiration to everyone around you to witness, uh, the, the, as those people witness your strength And I'm asking everyone to collectively throw out a boomerang of love, strength, courage, and healing for you so that, as I I know, uh, when two or more people gather together, that just generates more power and more direction in the in the focus and and in supporting you. So, um, what I want to do is is let you know that we have an entire listening audience out there that is on your side, supporting you, saying "Go, Becca," because you're you're definitely showing everyone else how uh, strong and powerful you can be despite the fact that this is a disease that you're facing. So, um, Well, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Do you mind staying on just uh, while we take a quick break? Do you have enough strength to do that or do you have to take off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And thanks for listening. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment do you want to directly impact your business results improve the quality of your life learn to empower yourself or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself if so directly connect with Fima Zanke at direct connect coaching 
Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Hey, welcome to our show. Today, I'm talking with uh, my cousin, Rebecca Herzog, who is currently uh, in the hospital at KU Medical Center. Right, Becca? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And she, so she's at KU today, and um, she is uh, just just got word about a month ago that she um, had a second bout with leukemia. And we're talking to her today about how she maintains a real strong positive attitude and maintains her faith throughout this journey. And Becca, what you said before break was really fascinating to me, and really what it was was that you were more concerned about the the job that you were had to leave because you just got hired at the University of Arkansas, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and um, what? Tell me a little bit about what that job is there. Like, what are you doing in in the athletic department there? Um, well, I was their business coordinator, and so I was the assistant. I mean, I kind of worked behind the accountant and the assistant to the HR. So I was in charge of paying everyone. I oversaw their paychecks, and I did um, we I did their budgeting units and oversaw their phone records and everything. I mean, there's so much that I did, and I mean, I worked with yeah. their camps and I did their background checks on all that. And one of the things that I heard when um, the, there was a family wedding out there, uh, out in Missouri by you guys, and um, one of the things that I heard from my husband, Bob, who went to the wedding and I wasn't able to go, was that the reason that you got hired was because your positive attitude was so infectious and that everybody yes. was... Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, because I thought that was a really great story about and it. And it told the story of who you really are at your core. So my supervisor now and who interviewed me, um, his name is Byron, and he I have a YouTube video out there for my last journey of leukemia. And he Googled me and found it and watched my video. And so whenever he brought me in for my interview, he was just like going on and on about it, and he also battled cancer himself. So we kind of started talking about cancer, and then he just told me like he couldn't believe my positive attitude through it, and like he said, you know, he struggled so much, and he didn't know how I was so positive, and he just was amazed by it, and he's just like, I have to have more of you in this office because you're so positive, and you just make everybody so happy, and you just never skip a beat on being so happy. So. So that's how it's you landed neat the job. Seeing that, yeah. Like knowing I was hired for who I am more so than what I'm capable of doing. Sure. It wasn't just the skill set that you have, which I'm sure you have a great skill set as well, but it was definitely about that 
attitude. And that attitude, would you say, is that that's your strength? And has that really gotten even stronger as you have traveled this journey with leukemia? Do you feel like your attitude is it's making you even more determined and stronger throughout? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I see no looking back and I only look each day like I don't everyone tries to want to know what's going to be happening in the next month or so. And I just, I know I have to take it day by day and just stay really strong and positive and only look at the good things and never look at the bad. And I tell everyone if they want to think anything bad or they want to ask any questions that will be percentages or what the outcome could be, go ask the doctors out of my room because in my head, I know I'm going to be fine and I'm going to beat this and I don't want to hear that what if, you know. So I so think you're, definitely maybe even stronger than before. Yeah. So you're really shielding yourself from any negativity whatsoever. Yes. Wow. I think that's such a, a, a powerful uh, way to live and a powerful um, gift that you have, Becca, because if you think about it, most people, as they go through difficult experiences or challenges in their lives and in their world, really do go into a lot of what-if scenarios. And so the funny thing about that is when people go into what-if scenarios, oftentimes they're they're bad, you know, they're, they're fear-based what-if scenarios. And so what you're saying is you don't even contemplate anything other than getting better. Yes. And all of your thoughts, do you, have you ever had a negative thought about this disease? No, the only thing, I would say never negative. It's just I got, like, scared. And the only thing I would be scared about is because, but now I know God made me unique for a reason. But I was scared in the beginning because none of my siblings matched me for a transplant. And I have three other siblings, and they say, you know, there's a 50% chance that one of your siblings will match you. Well, none of them matched me. Then I got put in the bone marrow registry, and out of 17 million people, not one person matches me, which is another rare scenario. So that's why we have to go with the cord blood. And it's just so, and like, I'm already a rare case because I have AML leukemia at the age of 24. And so usually it's seen in infants or adults. And it's just like, I know God made me unique for a reason. And he is showing the world that how powerful he is through me. Sure, sure. And so would you say that, this this walk with this disease has really strengthened your faith in knowing that there is a plan for you, there's a purpose for you, and there's a meaning to your life, and you're very determined to live out that meaning, uh, not just for yourself, but f- with with God's plan in mind. Yes, I do believe that. And like, you know, before, after my first round, it came like my first time of being diagnosed, after I was done, I really didn't know what my plan was. I didn't, I knew I was diagnosed for a reason, but I didn't know why God diagnosed me or like what he wanted me to do. But now I know he wants me just to keep encouraging people through me about how, like, how, how much he can impact the world just through one person. And I just, I know that he wants me to keep telling my story and sharing my journey along the way. And, I think him putting me in the athletic department, working with in the SEC and several other college collegiate, you know, to continue sharing my story all throughout the athletic department. Well, sure. And it's amazing that you, you know, that you're working in the athletic department, you, you know, getting this disease initially when you were 20 years old, when you were in college at that time, um, you can really relate and identify with those kids because, you know, you were one of them when you got diagnosed the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, what a gift for you. And, and, you know, I have on my desk and I, I say this often that there's a seed of grace in every difficulty. I have that quote on my desk that there's a seed of grace in every difficulty that we face. And what a gift for you, Becca, to know that your plan is 
this and that you are fighting not just for yourself, but you're fighting for a much higher cause and a much higher purpose and that your life is here to be utilized. So I'm sure there's a tremendous amount of strength that you gained from knowing that and having that. Absolutely. I know about that. Yeah. And um, the other thing that I know you're experiencing, too, um, is they're going to be taking out your embryos um, soon? Yes. So that'll be in about 10 to 12 days from tomorrow. Okay. And let our listeners know what that's about for you, Becca. So... Since I will be going in, in in 10 days from when I get out of the hospital is all I'll be able to be free for. And so I will be meeting with a fertilization doctor and, or a fertility specialist, and they will be um, doing injections and stuff to get my eggs ready because the next round of chemo and radiation that I have will wipe every living cell out in me. So I would not be able to be sterile. So in order to have kids, I have to do this. And so it's kind of a scary procedure because I'm going, my accounts are just borderline for me to be out. You know, my white count is just borderline. Like right now it's 1.3 and it's not very high. And like my absolute neutrophil is not high and that's what fights off infection. So it's, it's scary to know that I'm going to be going under and getting a needle and everything to do this procedure but I know I mean I'm just so excited at the same time because I know that I'll be able to have children down the road after I put this cancer behind me yeah yeah and what a walk of faith too that is to really walk into this knowing that there's a risk involved and knowing that hey yeah you might not have the best counts out there but you're so committed and determined uh, to doing it and having children down the road once once cancer is is behind you, that um, as you do this and as you uh, kind of put it out there with tremendous faith, knowing that I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the procedure, take my eggs out, put them off to the side, kind of you know nurture them for the future. Um, it says a lot about your faith in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's amazing. And um, so it, what is it that you would like the listeners to know about, um, about the best way to support people like you, Becca, that are going through this type of disease? Um, the best way to support is join the registry the, through Be The Match Foundation. I'm hosting over seven drives in six different states, so I'm pretty proud of myself that I have the support of people reaching out to me and wanting to host bone marrow drives. Um, and right now, if you get on bethematch.org, you can use the promo code Be With Becca to get a kit mailed to you for free. Otherwise, it would cost $200 if you just want to do it yourself. But you can look online to find places to go to. You just And all you do is just a simple swab of the mouth. They don't poke you or prick you or anything. It's just a swab of the mouth. And if you are a match for somebody, it's no surgeries or anything. They just go through and it's just basically like if you're to be giving plasma, it's the same concept as to be giving your bone marrow to somebody. So what is, can you walk our listeners through what is involved, I mean, uh, in, in giving plasma or the similarity uh, in giving yeah. plasma, what does that entail? Yeah, so if, if you were to be somebody's match, they would call you back in and they'd do further blood work on you to see if you were a perfect 10. And if you were happen to be the perfect 10, they would give you um, a shot in your stomach that just boosts your cells up, make you produce more marrow in your blood, and they would have you come in and you basically just sit in a big lounge chair and they take blood out of one and then they put the blood that they're taking out of you back into the other arm and this machine sorts it and takes just the marrow out of the blood. So you're then whenever you're done with that, they um, can give that to the person who's in need of that transplant. 
Yeah. And I know in the case of David Takaro, who was our scheduled guest today, um, in his case, they found a match for him all the way from Germany. And he and David is originally from Canada. So, um, and that happened to be truly a miraculous story about the match because um, he, uh, David's match ended up having a, a niece or a nephew that went through leukemia as a child. And so he signed up to be a donor right away and was not a match for the niece or nephew. But then again, through the process of this worldwide uh, search for bone marrow donors, um, they were able to find this this as a perfect match. And really that's what saved his life. So what's the difference mm-hmm. then bet- between that and the cord blood that you're going to be getting here soon? What's the difference between the cord blood and a bone marrow transplant? Well, the bone marrow transplant is means that they basically have the same um, genetic makeup. So they can, it's like the number one thing to do if you don't have, if you don't have a sibling match, the number two thing to do is find a transplant, someone that else in the registry that matches you. And the difference, I'm not 100% sure on the difference between. I just know that finding a match is better than cord blood. But with cord blood, it's baby cells. So it comes from the embryo of a newborn. And they, the umbilical cord, and they last forever. Um, and they freeze them, so they'll dissolve them and then, like, you know, do make sure that they match up with me. And the hardest part with them is whenever they put the transplant into me, which is just by blood, by by getting a blood transfusion is all it looks like. So whenever I receive the umbilical cord um, blood, it will it takes longer for it to find my marrow to know what to do. So that blood is just going to be flying around in there and not knowing where to go to because your marrow is what produced all your blood counts and everything. So once it finds the marrow, then it will start to learn what to do. So that's the like hardest part and the downfall of it is that it takes longer, which can increase the chance of you getting an infection over just a normal transplant. Got it. But in your case, and now that we have all of the listeners uh, who are here to uh, love and support and encourage you with your cord blood transplant that's going to be happening here soon. Um, it's all going to go well, and that marrow is going to be so darn smart that it's going to know yes. exactly what to do. <laughs> that's what we're going to put out. That's the boomerang that we're going to put out there for you, Becca. Yes, and I'm also in a study that's being done here at KU that my one of my doctors is doing, and they will put me in a hypobaric chamber and give me 100% oxygen for an hour and a half, and then they'll bring me back out of the hypobaric chamber and then give me the cord blood transplant. And supposedly it's supposed to help the cells find the marrow quicker. So it'll count, it'll cut the um, cord blood in half on finding the marrow. So that's what studies have shown, but this is all new and he's only done it for one year, but he's been studying it since 2007 on mice and stuff. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because of the oxygen, you know, and the higher Mm -hmm. levels of oxygen that, that, uh, you know, the blood um, would be able to be transported more quickly and and have a greater effect and impact. Um, Just wanted to check in with you, Becca, if, if you need to go and hop off, we have one more segment left or how, you know, how do you feel as we are heading into our final break? How do you feel? Do you want to stay on and still uh, talk about uh, what's going on with you or do you need to hop off at any time? Um, I could probably for another 15 minutes or so. Okay. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? 
If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Today, my guest is a stand-in guest, Rebecca Herzog. We had some technical difficulties with our originally scheduled guest, David Tucaro. But the connection and the important message that we have to deliver today, uh, coming from both people, David Tucaro, uh, whose memoir is chronicled uh, in, the, in the book Bad to the Bone, um, his, his walk with leukemia uh, has been very prevalent in his life, and he recovered thanks to a bone marrow transplant. And um, my stand-in guest who's been very gracious uh, to be with us throughout the interview. We were going to call her just uh, in part during the interview to kind of encourage her and wish her well. Uh, She happens to be my cousin, Rebecca Herzog, and she's at Kansas University Medical Center. And uh, just about a month ago, got word that her leukemia that she was originally diagnosed with when she was 20 years old um, came back. And so now she's in a second round of treatment for that. And the amazing thing about Becca, and I think if anyone here is listening today, is her tremendous attitude, her tremendous strength, her courage, and um, the, the protection that she has in not letting any thoughts other than thoughts of her making it through healing health uh, taking her eggs uh, now within the next next 10 or 12 days or so there she's going to go through a procedure to take her eggs so that they can freeze them and put them off to the side for um, for her fertility uh, later on down the road after she is healed from leukemia and and this faith that she has in moving forward. I think there's a lot, Becca, that the audience can really gain from your attitude. And it really is tremendously infectious and contagious about how to embrace your life, how to live for a a much higher purpose than what, you know, what most people think they're here for. It may be, you know, some people may think that they are just here to kind of live a life, go through the motions uh, do their work, make a living, and then, you know, eventually everybody is going to perish while they're here. But um, but yours is a different, uh, it's a different entity. I mean, your attitude is so tremendous. Your faith uh, through this leukemia and now the second round of leukemia, your faith continues to get stronger and stronger. And it, what's amazing about your experience, Becca, is that you put out these messages daily on the Caring Bridge, and people can sign up on caringbridge.org and follow you, Rebecca Herzog. And uh, the the whole idea is be with Beck. And, um, the, you know, people can get inspired by you as you are going through uh, fighting this disease. And that's what I think is 
so tremendous about your life and how you've offered your life as an example of tremendous faith, tremendous trust, and knowing and and tremendous belief in knowing that you're going to get through this. You maybe you can get knocked down. Maybe you know this can be you know uh, uh, something on the radar screen for you in your life, but. The strength that you've derived from it has been so amazing and amazing for anybody to witness. And I think that's uh, it, that's just says a lot about you as a as a woman, as a 24 year old that's that's going through this battle. Um, are there any other uh, are there any other tips or ideas, Becca, that you would like to share with the listeners in terms of facing struggles and how they, how what you would do or what you would say to people that may be uh, facing ch- challenges or struggles, and how you can encourage them from your perspective? Um, I mean, most importantly, just staying positive is the most important thing of all, and keeping your faith. And like I said, like, have fun with it. Well, no matter what it is, you have to look at it in a positive way and try to turn it into something fun. Like, if you were to see my hospital room right now, you would think that I was a school teacher. I mean, it's covered in cards and pictures, and we've taken a picture from day one to day 28, and we have pictures all over the whole wall. And we have cards covering my wall, anything that's sent to me I have it posted all over and just keeping very positive and making the best out of every situation that you're put in and really what an outpouring of support that you've had from people all over the country to support and encourage you um, through that and and if anybody wants to send uh, mail to you I know you're going to be going home but when you get back in during your transplant time how do they do that um, I post on my Caring Bridge site the web, um, my address of where to be mailed to. So the next time, since I'll be getting out here in a few days, um, it's posted on there. But where I'm at right now, but I'll be getting out and then I'll post a new address for people to mail things to for those 10 days. And then when I come back, I'll post my address here again and my new room number because I'll be put in a different room because... I'll be more isolated where I'll be getting my transplant and more strict rules. So I won't be able to go walk the halls like I do now. I'll have to be kind of just back and forth walking, but I'll be sure I mark it down so I know how much a mile is so I can get a mile in still every day. Yeah. And I'm sure with your hyperbaric chamber, uh, you'll be probably, after you get that much oxygen in your blood, you'll probably want to do you know, five miles instead of just one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll have so much energy. And you, you, even though you have leukemia, the amazing thing is, uh, there, you know, there were a few days at the beginning where your energy levels were a little bit lower. But even if you read, read uh, Becca's messages on caringbridge.org, there, she talks about how, you know, how much energy she has or after a transfusion, how energized she feels. And it's, again, truly amazing. I'm sure that the doctors and nurses, as they come into your room and they see all of the support and all of the, the colorful messages everywhere, I'm sure that's really inspiring for them, too. Yes, and they all love it. I mean, all of them come in here and they just stare at my pictures. And there was a day, you know, that... I wasn't feeling good and I was worried about my counts not coming up. And, you know, I told my doctor that I was, I was so anxious and my heart was beating so fast because I was scared because my counts hadn't been recovering. And he pointed at a picture of my wall on day 15 when my hair was falling out and I was dying laughing. So I thought it was hysterical that my hair was falling out. And he said, you see that girl right there? She doesn't look anxious or worried. And he said, that's exactly the girl that you need to be and stay that way the rest of this way through. So that just kind of gave me you know, some encouragement and just knowing that they I'm in good hands with my daughters as well. Yeah, that's that's a great story. And I know you, um, you know, you kind of have, you said that it's important for you to have fun with this despite the difficulty of it. Tell us a little bit about your hair falling out and then what you did when you shaved it. So on day 15, whenever I was in the hospital, my hair was really starting to fall out. Like I had a bald spot on the top of my head. And I think it's funny where some people, you know, it's hard for them to lose their hair. But 
through this, like you know you're going to lose your hair, so you might as well just do as much as you can and have as much fun with it as you can. So we did a mullet. We did stages, and each one of my siblings um, did a stage of my hair. So we cut a mullet, and then after that we cut a bob cut, or I mean a bowl cut, which was really funny. And then we did a mohawk, and I sprayed it razorback red. And so and then I walked around the unit so everyone could see my mohawk. And then I put on a pig nose for the razorbacks and walked around cheering. And our whole family was cheering Woo Pig Suey. And then after that, we um, shaved it off. And now I'm my goal is once it's completely bald, which I'm almost there, where it's as smooth as a baby, I'm going to draw a smiley face on the back of my head. So maybe tomorrow if I get out of here, I'll draw a big smiley face on the back of my head. So when I'm walking out, I'll always be smiling on the backside too. Yeah. What a tremendous way to uh, really make a, a really difficult situation into a positive. And I'm sure, I'm sure the impact of all of those people on the floor walking around, those visitors maybe that uh, have loved ones that are going through similar experiences to you or uh, some of the other patients that are on the floor, I'm sure your energy is contagious for them and there's just a tremendous amount of uh, upliftment that you offer to those people on the floor. Mm-hmm. Do you have people yeah, that... I've met a few people on the floor and I'm on a unit where they're all elderly people, but... I've gotten a few of them to come out of their rooms and walk laps with me. So it's been fun just talking to them and encouraging them through their battle as well. Oh, great. Okay. Um, we, I just got word that David is on hold, and we just have a couple minutes left, and I really wanted to connect the two of you together. So can we do that really quick, Becca, and just, just, just offer words of encouragement back and forth uh, with David? Can we do that? Um, yes, I probably have about five minutes because I had to go down and get an, a scope done and EKG because I had to do a lot of testing before my transplant. Okay, and we have about five minutes left in the show. Okay. If that's, if that's okay with you. Yes. Uh, Michael, if you want to put uh, David on. I'm here. Oh, hi, David. How are you? I'm excellent. Hey, I'm sorry. I, the times were mixed up. I apologize about that. Oh, that's okay. I we've You know what we've been doing is... Uh, Rebecca Herzog is my cousin, and she's in KU Medical Center, and um, she's in her second bout with cancer. Oh, no. Yeah, and so I just wanted to connect the two of you so that you can offer words of encouragement and support for one another because it's a path. Yeah, it's a path that you both walk together. So, David, meet Becca. Becca, meet David. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Oh, that's good. You sound really positive. That that's that's a real good step forward, you know. Yes, I am. I'm staying very positive. You, you know, that's that's really what got me through what I needed to get through was, you know, being able to just put out those kind of positive affirmations and hoping it would come back to me in any way possible, in any different form possible, you know. Yes. Yeah. She was just talking about how um, when her hair falls out, she has as much fun as she can with that. And yes. uh, so she to. put, yeah, she put it in a mullet and then a, a, a bowl <laughs> cut and a mohawk. And as soon as it's completely gone and, and completely bald, then she's going to put a smiley face on it. Did you do anything silly like that, David, during your, your to treatment? Be honest, to be honest, I always used to keep a really short hair, uh, kind of a shaved head. And I remember when my hair first started falling out, I, I just, instead of waiting for it to fall out, I just went straight to the bathroom and bicked it all off. Yeah, yeah. With a Bic razor, you know, I just took it all off and I just said, okay, don't need to worry about that anymore. It's done. It's over with. And I just went forward with it, you know, but it didn't really affect me in a yeah. hard way because I got rid of it pretty quick. I didn't let it get to that point where it would bother me. Well, um, I did make reference to your book, David, Bad to the Bone, and um, and Becca did a beautiful job of encouraging our listeners to um, to make sure that they go out and become donors. And I know that's Absolutely. a really important platform for you. So you want to take is. a mo- moment to talk about that before we wrap up? 
Yes. Uh, well, in my website, www.davidtuckero.com, there's a link at the bottom that says become a donor. If you click that link, it's going to take you to the Delete Blood Cancer website. And from there, you just put in your personal information. They're going to send you out a swab kit. You swab the inside of your mouth, send it back, and they're going to run your DNA. And they'll hold it till you are a match or unless you are a match instantly. And then from there, the process is simple. They just draw blood, and then they give it to the person. They draw the marrow, give it to the person, and that's it. It's a very painless process. So I'm encouraging everybody everywhere to donate marrow and to also let people know that it's a very painless process. Great. And I know... um I know that Becca, um, you know, is is still looking for a donor match. She's getting some cord blood um, in a, about two and a half weeks. She's going to be doing. Get, she's got a cord blood match that she's going to be doing, um, but they're still searching. Okay, that's what I was saying. Is this is the reason why oh, we okay. need to find more we, bone marrow donors? Is because of people like her that need the marrow. You know, we need to start getting as many people out there and informing them that it's a very quick, painless, easy process. Yeah, well, we um, we certainly would. I would love to be able to spend um, you know hours and hours on this, and and it's been very inspiring, David, to read your book, Bad to the Bone, which can be uh, purchased on your website, uh, David Tuckero. Sorry, I was saying Tuckero, but Tuckero T U C C A R O dot com, and then Becca, you can be reached on CaringBridge dot org. Under Rebecca Herzog, right? Yes, that is correct. And it's B with it's B with Beck. Is B with you, Beck. Once you're yeah. on the Caring Bridge site, all one word. Well, we uh, we are out of time. I want to just offer a very important thank you to my cousin Becca Herzog. David, I'm glad we did connect. Um, I'm happy that you were able to get on and speak to Becca just for this short period of time. And um, thank you so much. And Today's and, mess- and yeah. if, Becca, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook on David Tucker. If you would like to chat more, uh, mm-hmm. I'm really available everywhere on Twitter at DJ Tucker. But um, yeah, if you need anything, just uh, get a hold of me. I'm, I'm available everywhere. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. Anytime. And we as a listening audience are sending lots of love, strength, and healing to yes. uh, both of you and your families. Uh, tremendous, tremendous love and energy to uh, anyone that is faced with this disease. And I just want to say thank you both for sharing your stories and inspiring our listeners. Thank you for our loyal listening audience. And as always, to our men and women of service, uh, let's give our gratitude and thanksgiving to all of you as well. I wish you all a very inspired week. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Team Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.